Welcome into the Inside Bassmaster Podcast, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, episode 159, and I'm your host today, like usual, Ronnie Moore, my co-host, like always, the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Jesse over in Birmingham, and Kyle, we can officially say the 2023 Bassmaster Tournament season is done. Last week was the Bassmaster Team Championship down at the Harris Chain. We have wrapped up that full field weigh-in. We wrapped up two days of fish-off competition between six anglers and uh, we are officially in what we would call an abbreviated off season with the next event on our schedule being something in 2024 yeah we finished the 2023 schedule just in time to start the 2024 (laughs) schedule uh that tends to be the case obviously it's uh we have a lot of tournaments and there's only so many weekends in the year so um, you know, being able to have the the team tournament down there in Florida in December, um, you know, there's plenty of places you could have the team tournament in December uh, where we'd be ice fishing or we'd be uh, really cold. But uh, luckily, Florida gives, you know, gives everybody the opportunity to to, you know, endure some good fishing and, and some nice weather. And um, yeah, I mean, I say nice weather. Sometimes it can be just as bad as, as anywhere else. But um, yeah, definitely cool to to get the season knocked out. And uh, like you said, on to preparation for next season, as if we haven't already been doing that as it is. But uh, uh, that's starting to amplify even more with with fantasy fishing, with, uh, you know, production stuff for next year. Basically, anything you can you can think of, we're already working on it for next year and have been. No doubt about it. And the way that we ended it, we ended it with one of our grassroots trail. We ended it with the nation championship a little bit ago, and then we had the team championship be the culmination of it. You've got partners from all over the country that compete in their local and regional team series to qualify and make the Bassmaster team championship big field there 51 pounds it took to win 20 pound bag and a 31 pound bag for a father-son duo of Rodney Yavorsky and Aaron Yavorsky they're the they're the champs then they went to the fish off and it always is an interesting deal I remember this balance that we had to have at Lake Chattooga for the college series Kyle where you are competing at the national championship on this lake, and then the bracket is also on that lake. So you're not only managing, we got to catch as much as we can catch. You're also trying to save some stuff in case you make the bracket. You've got you know other areas that you can press and pressure as well. And that's exactly what these guys had to do. And we get to talk to our champion today, Aaron Yavorsky, a 17-year-old high school angler fishing with his dad. Let's just reflect on that for the first off because – we both have great relationships with our fathers and that are rooted in bass fishing and fishing together in tournaments. And what a moment that would be to outlast, you know, all of these teams in the country to win the team championship in your home state with your son, or if in our position with our dad, absolutely a phenomenal moment for those two. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's about as cool as it gets. Like you said, uh, being able to do that with your dad, um, again, like you said, in your home state, and then to be able to to slam the door of the team portion of the tournament, like you said, with 31 pounds. <laughs> I mean, I you know, it was it's one of those deals where every day you'd be watching weigh in and, and you saw that and you're like, man, alive. Like we seem almost like I don't know how to word this, but like almost like removed from tournaments. And then you see a 31 pound bag get caught and you're just like, you just like revamped all the way again. And you're like, oh my gosh, like we're we're still doing this right now. Um, so really cool to see. And then of course, like you said, once it gets down to not the bracket, but the fish off, of course, um, 
definitely some some hard decisions to be made there splitting water how you handle it uh, a lot to be determined there and you know i think it'll be interesting to hear from aaron on uh, on how they went about doing that as well yeah and i think there's always a you know we saw matt robertson when i threw up the memory of him winning the team championship and fish off portion uh down at the harris chain as well back in 2018 uh the fact that uh there will always be a partner that almost says this guy is committed and dedicated and wants to be a traveling pro. And that may now be for me. So I'm going to negate to him today. I did pitch out an idea to Hank Weldon. I think I said, let me read the idea that I said, because it is a, the top three teams all get split up into individuals, but not a bracket, just everyone against everyone. And I texted Hank Weldon and said, what did I say on Saturday? I said, did he text you back? no, he did not text me back. Uh, he might've been like a, you know, vacation. I don't know, but he's, I said to avoid teammates laying down in the bracket or laying down in the fish off, we could do a bracket. First place gets a buy into the, into the deal. Second place co-angler faces third place boater for uh, second place boater faces third place co-angler. And then they both advance to get to the first place people for a buy. That would add one more day to the tournament overall because it would be three days worth of stuff. Um, but I think that that would be – it would take a little bit of the worry out of it. But why don't we go ahead and jump on in to talk to the youngest qualifier for the Bassmaster Classic, Aaron Yavorsky, 17 years old, and I think he turns 18 just a week or so before the Bassmaster Classic. And what an – absolute awesome story to have him represent uh all the young kids uh, across the country aaron can you hear us uh, i can't hear you you're muted hold on now can you hear me can now? You, now can you hear us yes sir yes sir how you doing aaron i'm ronnie that's kyle in the other window and welcome into the bassmaster podcast man Congratulations on winning not only the team championship with your dad, but then the team fish off portion solo uh, to make the Bassmaster Classic. And we had just introduced you as the youngest classic qualifier ever. How cool is that? What were your first thoughts as you've kind of had just a day or two kind of to absorb all this? Yeah, first, I just want to thank you guys for having me on here today. Um, but it's been a crazy couple of days. Um, never really thought, uh, I'd be going to the Bassmaster Classic at 17 years old. Um, it's been a dream, you know, ever since I've been a kid. Um, never really been to a Bassmaster Classic before. Um, watched plenty of them, you know, on live television and everything. But, you know, it's just one of them dreams that you always dream of. And it's just been a crazy experience. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. I, I remember watching <laughs> away, and I know Ronnie was doing the same thing, um, you know, the final day weigh-in. And I... It was just hard to fathom because I was like, when I was 17, I had no business being anywhere near the Bassmaster Classic as anything but a fan. But, dude, you knocked it out of the park. Like, not only did you did you win the thing, but you you blew out the competition. Like, that final day, surely, at, like, I guess the question is, at what point did you know you had it won? I mean, tr truthfully, when did you know you had it won? Um, So that first day we did, I did pretty good 
uh, solo doing a dirty. Let's 30. just say, hold on, oh. yeah, pretty let's just good. say, pretty, pretty good. good is different. Thirty-one pounds is <laughs> is different. So we'll just say that thirty-one pounds. You did pretty good. Now you're going to day two. Okay, resume. <laughs> yeah, day two. Um, I mean, it was it was a tough day for sure. Um, being that I, uh, it was the lowest weight we had caught out of all four days, but um. At around noon, I had no fish in the boat, and um, I was I was getting really nervous actually, um, because second place all uh all Connor needed was you know sixteen pounds, even if I didn't have anything, just to bump me down. But um, at uh at around one o'clock, I finally boated a limit, and um, that's pretty much when I knew um I think I think it'll happen. So tell us and about. It your... happen, oh, go ahead, Kyle. I was just gonna say, and it had to happen pretty quick, I imagine, because. Uh, Dalton Tumblin, our photographer at the event, called me whenever he left. He's like, dude, I'll be honest, I'll send these photos in, but we don't have any fish catches yet. And I was sitting there updating Bass Track all day. And then, automatic, you know, just like in the span of no time whatsoever, it's like went from zero to five. So, like, how quick did that happen? And what was that like? Yeah. Um. So I got in there that morning and um, it, it was pretty slow, obviously, but um, I had ended up leaving. Um, the lake I was fishing, Lake Carlton, to just try and um, catch a fish or two in Dora. And um, I had a, actually my father, he, uh, he pulled a Matt Robertson and held the spot down. And um, and uh, that wind picked up around noon. And that's when I knew, you know, I needed to get back in there um, because um, for some reason on that final day, there was a lot less bait in there. And um, I'm pretty sure that's uh what all was happening um so that wind picked up got back in there and it was almost immediately i had caught one and uh just that limit came right then so tell me about that fishing with your dad me and kyle were just reflecting on that we both have great relationships with our fathers and it's all rooted in fishing and we fish tournaments together you know growing up through our ages and so 17 years old still in high school fishing with your dad and are you part of high school fishing as well with another partner what was your plans for college? Does this change? And then also to tag end it, uh, are you guys local in Florida to the Harris chain or to another one of the main lakes? Um, yeah. So, uh, so we live about, um, an hour and a half, an hour 45 from the Harris chain over near uh, the Clearwater Tampa area. Um, but I do fish in a uh, high school. Uh, we fish the, uh, Florida Bass Nation, the high school program. Um, I've been fishing that ever since my freshman year. I'm a senior now. And um, before that, um, around uh, 10 years old, um, I started fishing uh, club tournaments with my father. Um, just a little local club around here uh, gets maybe 40, 50, 60 boats a tournament. And that's uh, that's really how I started, you know, bass fishing and um, just leading up to where I'm at now. Uh, started a little, you know, that club, club derby. And then I went into the... Uh, the junior club of that um of that club and then once i uh, reached in the high school we started fishing the florida bass nation and you know that's been a fun program all all through high school last year uh i used to fish um with a partner jet stanley he had graduated last year found myself a new partner for this year and um that's basically where we're at now college plans um haven't really decided yet not leaning more towards not going honestly um just uh just gonna be working um and then i'll probably hop in the opens in uh 2025 that's awesome 
have you given it any thought to what it's going to be like pulling up to one of those local tournaments at 17 and and basically puffing your chest out that you've already made the classic? Because <laughs> if it was me, I would be doing that everywhere I went. Yeah, um, haven't haven't really got a chance to think about that yet, but um, I mean, you know, I'm not sure the time will come once we uh once we get out of there. So, Aaron, tell me the balance. Like I, I said this to someone, this scenario. Like I have a I have a one and a half year old daughter. Absolutely, super excited to be a father, and I want to take care of my daughter, maybe future sons, whoever I'm I'm blessed with, and I would do anything for them to succeed. But someone said in a group chat that me and Kyle are in, me and Kyle are in, said something about that would be so cool to be a dad and like you know give your son the opportunity to go to the Bassmaster Classic. And I was like, yeah, I would love to say, hey, son, I'll see you at the Classic when I'm on stage and you're in the crowd. But how did that go between you and your dad uh, sharing, obviously, the same spots as team partners? And then you go to the individual portion. Was there any kind of communication of like, I'm not even going to go to the main spots because I want you to have it, son. Or, or what was the balance there? Because people will chirp on either side of it, and I'm just curious to know. Like, if I was, I'd be like, Dad, just, just come fish with me. Like, don't just. Come, I'm gonna make you fish with me over here because this is the juice. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, before we had even, you know, started fishing the tournament, we had already had these conversations about like, <laughs> man, you know, if we made like the final day, what would we do? And um, you know. And then we actually had made it. So um, that night we were uh, we were really um, deciding on what we should do. And you know, my dad, he uh, he really he wants to see me um, succeed in life. And um, he let me have the spot. He just kind of sat back and watched. And um, very cool. He uh, he watched me catch the whole thirty pounds basically on that first day. And um, you know, it was awesome just having him there, um, rooting me on. But um, we, we made sure he got one just to get up there on stage. <laughs> Because I'll say, I'll say, Aaron, that it is a family affair. You and your dad were right there boat to boat, but you don't even know this. My dad was in the photographer camera boat running that because he lives at the Harris chain. And so I know he was probably all kinds of emotional. He was sending me photos and videos of you landing a big one. And there was a couple people who cheered and things like that. And like, I know what that he visualized giving me that opportunity if we were in that position. So absolute kudos to your dad, Rodney, for uh, for doing what any father would want to do for their son and give them an opportunity to succeed, Kyle. Yeah, and that's one thing I wanted to bring up, you know, like, obviously, we want to celebrate your accomplishment because it's amazing. And it's something that I mean, let's be honest, there's a good chance it may never be broke again because you you might not even have a driver's license to be, you know, younger than you were making the classic now. So it's a it's a huge accomplishment. But like, let's talk about your dad for a second, like his, you know, I guess, come up through fishing and how he got you into it, because um, obviously it's something he's got to be passionate about to have gotten you into and passionate about at such an early age. Yeah, um, he. uh um, like I said, just we started fishing that club tournament. But I remember sitting down, you know, one night at the dinner table. I was probably about ten years old, and um, he used to fish with uh with another partner around his age, and um, he also had a son. So, um, he was just like you know, Aaron. Um, you know, his partner, his name was Chuck. He was like, um, Chuck. Um, he he said he's gonna go fish with his son, and you know, I was just wondering if you had the interest in doing the same thing. And, you know, I, I really didn't know anything about it. So I was just like, you know, yeah, sure. We can, we'll try it out. And, um, 
you know, that's basically how it all started. We started fishing, you know, the, the ponds around the house and everything like that. But um, it really just started just straight tournament fishing. So I have a couple of questions for you. We can, we can rapid fire some of these if you want, uh, but just so we can get to know you better. 17 year old watches bass live all the time. Obviously you have to have a favorite pro who is someone that you're looking forward to competing at the classic against not only just like meeting, you'll have plenty of times to schmooze at the award ceremony and all the dinners that we have and things for the classic, but to be able to compete against and be like, Holy cow. I'm like, let's just say they pulled up to the dock beside you at grand Lake that you would be like, I got to say, Hey, cause this is, this is my hero. Yeah. Um, you know, one guy, man, that's, that's a hard question, honestly. <laughs> but um, um, I'd have to say, honestly, uh, Koya Fujita. Um, I wow. just feel like he's, yeah, a little bit um of a different response, maybe. But um, just the, the way he fishes, it's you know honestly incredible. Still, um, somewhat um new to the elite series, but um, he's just got. Um, you know, if I could just sit down and talk to them, honestly, it'd be pretty cool. But, uh, you know, he's just got a different kind of, uh, fishing skills, I guess. That Ronnie, I gotta, I gotta chime in here. Cause this is something I hadn't even thought about until just now. You said Koya Fujita, uh, Koya well-known for live scope. The only thing that might be talked about as much this last week, I was going to bring it up too. Your accomplishment was your Instagram title or your Instagram <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, name. I don't know what the username handle, tag handle, handle, whatever. Handle, yeah, handle. What am I thinking? So, <laughs> what went into that? And I assume, based on the uh, self-proclaimed greatest of all time, Scope Goat. Uh, tell us what went into to that. That and you know, ha have you gotten some comments as well? Because Ronnie and I saw a, a handful <laughs> of messages, all positive, saying that it was hilarious. But uh, have you gotten some responses from that yet? Yeah, there's been a couple people that's uh that's you know reached out and asked me about it and um and you know people think it's honestly great and then you'll have some people who you know don't really think it's great but um Randy you know, Blockett the whole <laughs> that <it> was. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> he hasn't reached out yet but maybe here soon um well, let us know but, we'll uh, take care of Randy yeah. and any of the haters I I already know I, I posted a congratulations to you making the classic and. First thing, first comment someone said was, I wonder what his dad does for a living. And I'm like, as if that makes a difference. So just don't worry. I'll fight the good fight yeah. for the young guns because it's everyone has paved the way for no one's ever made it to their dreams on their own with no one's help. Everyone's gotten some kind of. And so if it's coming from your dad, that is the coolest thing ever. Shield out all the haters um, that may try to diminish what you accomplished or when you're at the classic, that opportunity you will not forget about those or you will forget about those people instantly when those curtains pull back and you get to see the everything every angler's ever dreamed of. So uh, that's my only piece of advice from someone who's, holy cow, almost twice your age and I'm only 30 years old. That's crazy. Um, but go ahead. The scope goat. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. I've, uh, I've read through plenty of them comments and um, you know, you know, we've seen all the forward-facing sonar debates and everything like that. But, um, you know, I just – I believe it's a tool in this sport, and, you know, it's here to stay, I believe. And, you know, it, it's used to, uh, you know, just learn about 
what the activity of these fish and, you know, just everything like that. Well, then on that note, teach us something. We always talk about deep water, Kyoya Fujita, smallmouth fishing, open spaces. I was just on Bass University Live, and they were talking about the effectiveness of it in shallow water. Have you been able to see that difference, or at least maybe it helps you see structure and be more efficient? What is it for you in Florida where people wouldn't expect that's the one state in the country where you would be like, you don't need it to be successful. Very true. But how have you learned about Florida fishing in a different uh, way, utilizing that at times? Yeah. Um, you know, in Florida, most people think, you know, shallow fishing, flipping, you know, fishing grass, but, um, it's really opened up a whole new, um, way of fishing down here in Florida. There's a handful of guys that uh that use it down here, but then you still have most of the people on the bank and doing whatever up shallow. But um it's really just showed us, you know, this whole new um I guess uh area or so that these fish are holding in. And um, you know, it helps in shallow water too down here. Um, like we've seen um like we've seen, what's his name, down in Okeechobee, throwing the frog. Um, Steve Kennedy on Okeechobee. Oh, yeah, the perspective it, mode. Yep. Using it in perspective mode. That really works down here um, when you get really shallow. But, you know, it's it's great down here just to get away from most of the pressured shallow fish. But you can definitely tell um, it's, uh, it's affecting the fish a little bit down here pressure-wise. More people are starting to use it and understand it. But, you know, that's just part of it. While we're on the, the fishing subject, you know, actual fishing, I got to know about the spot. Obviously, you don't have to give us too much information as far as where it was and things like that. You obviously said Carlton. But, you know, the Harris Chain is such a unique place in the sense that it's very similar to some of the, you know, Tennessee River Lake, some of the traditional places where you can find an offshore school Um and really get right in a hurry. And, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you'd look at the Harris chain, you know, Florida in general, and you wouldn't really think that, but some of the biggest bags of fish I've ever seen consistently get caught or at the Harris chain doing something similar to, you know, what you were doing. So kind of set up the spot, like what it looked like, what it was, I guess. And then obviously how good it had to been to hold up for at least three days. And then I guess partially four. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know, it's in Carlton. It's a big, um, you know, hard bottom area. And usually when, you know, being a Florida local, I guess, um, this spot is produced plenty of times in December and when it gets cold. So, um, you know, it was actually the first spot I'd went to on day one of practice and checked. And, um, and they were in there, obviously. Not as good as the tournament, actually. There were less fish in there day one of practice, but that cold weather had moved in later in the week and really pulled up a lot of fish there. Um, really just a – it's a pre-spawn area um, that fish just pull up on and feed before the spawn. You know, plenty of shad get over there, bait fish, everything like that. But um, just going up and down it, just throwing a crankbait, really uh, – they kind of seemed a little pressured. I'm not really sure why, but – um, uh had to hit the fish with the crankbait almost to get them aggravated just keep doing that over and over and you know just run it right by their face more of a reaction strike couldn't even 
you know, get bit on anything, you know, dragon or anything like that. All they would do was really bump it or mess with it. And then obviously, uh, did you guys have other game plans when you have a big field of anglers and eight lakes on the Harris chain to choose from? Is this the place that you thought was the least bombarded? Um, and did you have other spots in Griffin, Eustis, Harris, Dora that maybe you were wanting to go to, but maybe boat number prevented you to, or you were going to try to save it for later? Um, how did you balance all of the practice and using local knowledge and current conditions and history to to pick out a lake? Because that's where a lot of you probably lose half the tournament field knows they can't win because they chose the wrong lake right off the right off the rip. Right. Yeah. Um we honestly, um, going into day one of the tournament, didn't even know that this spot had the potential it did. Um, the very first day of the tournament, me and dad, we actually, uh, we ran to a popka first thing, um, trying to uh, just catch a big bag out of there because we really thought uh, with the colder weather, the fish would pull up, you know, get ready to spawn, but it just, it didn't happen. There were still a lot of bucks in the area. Um, but we went down there in day one, we had about like 20 mile an hour winds and in Florida, uh, the wind really affects, you know, shallow fisheries. It'll muddy up the water very quick. And one, uh, one key thing when you're fishing in Florida is you want to try and find the, the, the cleaner water and, um, the area we had fished, it just, it wasn't panning out. So we ended up leaving there day one with only three little fish and, uh, we got in Carlton on our way back at around 11 o'clock and we, uh, we mustered up about 18 pounds. And, um, we had, uh, a bunch of offshore areas on our way back to hit. And, um, with about 10 minutes left in Lake Harris, we had, a we had upgraded to about 20 pounds. So, um, but we went a uh, second day, the first thing to uh, Carlton and, you know, we, we pretty much knew after the, the first day that, you know, okay, it's got potential, a um, little bit more than we had expected. And we went in there and uh, we'd caught 31 pounds by about 12 o'clock. So um, you're like, okay, um, we still have a bunch of fish shaved. We should probably just, we, we sat on the spot basically and just totally um, just didn't do anything, honestly, just sat there and uh, just held it down. Honestly, we had uh, one other boat fishing around us, fishing the spot. Uh, we were sharing it with them. Um, but they uh they caught him decent just didn't qualify for the last day it had to be a little bit nerve-wracking kyle for them to uh they weren't leading they had 20 pounds they were down the leaderboard not in the top spot 25 was leading and so i mean florida like 30 pound bags are are very possible so did you aaron think that maybe the leaders who had 25 could do it again or catch 30 and, and you guys had done all you could do. Was that something in your mind or did you guys rolling in? Like well, we probably won this thing. Yeah. Um, we had kind of had the thought that we had won it. Um, but we really didn't know just because, um, a lot of the guys were, uh, were fishing shallow. Um, um, but, uh, Shallow fish, I guess, in Florida, um, they can hold up for multiple days, but more than likely, um, they kind of peter out through the week. Well, let's talk about baits for a second. Obviously, you know, some was mentioned throughout some of the stories and gamers for the uh, 
for the tournament. But for those that that haven't read that, talk about some of the baits you use to uh, get it done. Yeah, so uh, basically all week we were throwing a, a Rapala DT-10, um, a Strike King 5XD, and the uh, the Berkeley Dredger uh, 14.5. Wow. Do you, I would say, are you guys familiar in using crankbaits in Florida to that depth? Obviously, you said there is deep water in some of these lakes. I know down south of Tampa, before you get to Okeechobee in that region, there are some deeper, clearer lakes. But uh, most of the lakes, you wouldn't even consider pulling that box out or tying it on. You leave it in the garage at the house just in case you go, uh, you know, up north somewhere <laughs> to Seminole, maybe. Who knows? Um, so is that something that you've really got a lot of experience with cranking or is this something you've been learning uh, recently with the technology? Yeah. Um, it's, it's really been something I do do very often. Um, most of the time, you know, this might sound weird being a Floridian, but most of the time the boxes I'm leaving at home are the frogs, um, the top <laughs> waters, things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I just, I love offshore fishing and, you know, the big fish I feel like live offshore mainly. Um, and it's just one of my, one of my favorite ways to fish, honestly. Well, we've obviously, we've obviously hinted at the classic, um, a lot. Have you had time to consider any preparation for the classic itself? Like, was it the drive back? You were already looking at the uh, lake maps or, you know, what, what has that been so far? And do you have any, uh, you know, planned between now and then? Yeah. Um, we, uh, we knew that we're probably going to have to get down there and um, definitely look around a little bit before the cutoff, which is only in a couple weeks. But um, I think we have some dates, uh, some dates planned to make a trip over there and just get a look at the lake. Um, but today was really the first day I'd been able to do some do some research and uh, see what the lake looks like and how it's set up. So I'm pretty excited um, for, for the tournament, the way it sets up, I think. Um, I think uh, I think it'll be pretty fun. Tell me what it was like walking into class on Monday. I know you're a senior in high school. You only had class until like 10:45 on Tuesday. Tell me about walking into class with maybe some of your fishing buddies that you probably share class with. What that was like. Your teachers, your teacher. Hey, it's Florida. They may know about the Bassmaster Classic, but everyone in the, like that had to be pretty dang cool for the fishermen in high school to be like. Holy cow, man. You're going to the classic. That's gotta be cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty weird, honestly, walking up in there. Um, after I had missed a week before that, just <laughs> to practice for the, for the team championship. So, um, my teachers were wondering where I was, but, um, I mean, most of my buddies, uh, that I go to school with, they don't really, um, fish a whole lot. So they didn't really know too much about it, but, um, bunch of my other buddies from around Florida and stuff they uh they texted me and all the good good stuff like that um but actually I've, I've gotten a lot of messages from just other high school anglers you know around the country just like congratulating me and wondering you know uh a good path to do what I did and um I think it's really looking good for a generation coming up in the sport of bass fishing Asking for waypoints is what they were doing. That's what you meant to say. <laughs> hey, what are your live scope settings set at? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did want to kind of touch on that, obviously. You know, you mentioned the possibility of trying to fish the opens, not next year, but the year following. Um, you know, 
was that already kind of part of your your life plan and how much did this you know tournament and winning this and qualifying for the classic either help make you know potentially make that decision and then two like just boost your confidence in general just to know that like you're you know meant to do this yeah um you know this this helped out uh, a tremendous amount obviously but um you know before it had happened I already had the plans to you know um go and we were still undecisive honestly before the tournament on whether the you know go to college or um just you know work and fish and grind it out but um I think now after this tournament it's really uh put me more in the path of just you know working and grinding out the whole fishing thing but um I mean it's been you know just a dream ever since I've been little just to be become a pro and in, in the sport of bass fishing and um it's, I think uh I think it's here soon that I'm gonna be ready so tell me about 2022 Harris Chain High School Bassmaster event, and you come in ninth place, but you only have four fish. What in the world did you do wrong to not catch a fifth keeper? Come on, man! Like you, this is you're the Harris Chain kid now. Uh, but back in 2022, you guys had a top ten. It looked like it was tough, but uh, I just I, I looked you up online, and obviously you're so young, you didn't have too many tournament results with us, but that was one in your home state. Yeah, that tournament, um, you know, that tournament, we, we, uh, we were really on nothing and just, um, we had found a little, a little group of fish, uh, during the tournament that, um, that actually the, uh, the college series, I believe they, they had fished there and done pretty good. One of those 30 pound bags that came off of there. Um, but you know, there were obviously a lot of people in this area and the fish were very pressured. So, um, it was it was more size there than than quantity. We really grinded out there on that spot all day, and um, you know, come come about weigh-in time, we couldn't get another bite, and we were like, oh gosh, we don't know if you know we were qualifying for nationals at that tournament. We didn't know if we were gonna have enough, and um, we just kind of went scrambling around. But you know, back then we didn't really have the knowledge we do now out there. Um, that was kind of the year we uh we really um started fishing out there a lot and understanding the place. So, um, you know, it was just kind of one of them deals where we didn't really know what to do. Back in the day when you were 15 and not 17. Yeah, yeah. he was like, I started fishing <laughs> when I was 10. So like two years ago, you know, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Aaron, what is, uh, just because I'm curious, what's your favorite subject in school right now? I've never had to interview someone on a podcast. I just have to ask some of these questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this year it's a little weird. So, um, back uh, right before high school and elementary school, I started taking you know some honors classes, and um, I'm I'm glad I did because uh, I have enough credits now to graduate early. So I'm actually getting out of school this year. Um, here next week's my last week. I have exams. Wow. So um, after uh, once Christmas break start, I'm basically off, and then um, I'll go walk in May. But you know who knows if I'll even um be able to walk with all the tournaments I'm fishing so um don't really know if I'm gonna graduate but I, I love math you know I, I'm not taking it this year just because I'm graduating early and don't really need the uh need the credits but that's uh that's one of my one of my favorite subjects Kyle he nailed down the math he can count to five pretty quick and that's all he needs at five and 31 that's what he needs to count to and he'll be good I I couldn't help but be uh, curious being able to finish high school early back in the 
dinosaur ages when Ronnie and I were going to high school. They didn't even give us that choice. Yeah, we just got to keep going to classes. You'd be the smartest person in the school when you still had to go till May. They didn't care. And now we have to say that, like, every single Bassmaster writer that writes a story about Aaron at the Classic, they'll probably say, like, had to skip school to come to the Classic. That's going to be a lie. He's already out of school. Just We're going to just make up the lie that he graduated early just so he was not distracted for the Classic. Also, Aaron, I'll present this. this is a long way away, and it's and it's a long shot in terms of, of never happening before. But there is a deal. If someone wins the Bassmaster Classic and they're not already on the Elite Series, so let's just say the college representative or an Opens angler that won an event but didn't qualify for the Elites, or the team fish-off champion, a nation angler, if you win the Classic, you make the Elite Series for the following season. So – don't sign up for the Opens just yet because if you win in March, you don't have to fish the Opens. You'll just be on the Elite Series, and you'll have one year to get ready. Um, but how how have you have you thought about that, that there is a lot of future opportunities that await you for a week of of fishing and events and tournament uh, tournament action, that this is, this is something that you're going to uh, – I'm assuming your dad's going to go and hang out with you all week as well. Yeah, um – yeah, we were uh, we were kind of talking about that. Um, I'm not really sure, like the whole experience um, going to the classic, just because I've never been. But um, you know, there were just some things coming to mind that might happen. Who really knows? But um, you know, I just I'm just gonna enjoy it, just soak it all in while I can, and um, just just go have fun, really. I can't help but wonder. You know, I, I you might not even have paid attention to this, or maybe you have. Who knows? But how much does somebody like Trey McKinney being able to jump in the opens and qualify so quickly and seemingly so easy as if it's like an easy task, how much does that give somebody like yourself confidence that, you know, it's not a undoable, you know, it's, it's not an unreasonable thought that that's possible. Cause I think before seeing Trey do it, I think there's plenty of younger guys out there that probably just didn't have the confidence to even, you know, give it a chance. Yeah. Right. Um, I'd watched him like basically all year, you know, with him being 18 and, you know, it was really, uh, really crazy what he did, you know, props to him for, uh, for making the elite series at 18. Um, I thought that was great, but, um, you know, he really, he boosted my confidence up and, um, but what it really, uh, got me going was back in March, I had, uh, I just, this was the first year I started fishing the BFLs and, um, I'd placed third at Harris Chain against um, some some of the locals around here, and uh, it had really boosted my confidence. Like, man, you know, um, I could really make something out of this. I just I just beat a bunch of beat a bunch of good Harris Chain locals. So um, after after that March tournament, I'd really uh, started just putting in the the work, the grind, um, and my determination. Really, just it was out of the roof, really. That's phenomenal. Uh, Aaron, before we let you go, have you fished much out of the state of Florida? Do you have any experience? Obviously, maybe like a Lake Seminole is right there on the border. It's a little different than the rest of Florida. Maybe a Lake Hartwell, you know, high school championship or something like that. But ha have you? can you name off a couple of the places you've been at least to get a different experience in fishing? Yeah, um, for, our, uh, for our Florida high school tournaments, the Bass Nation, we, uh, we go to Seminole quite a bit, so I've been there. A handful of times and then um i qualified for the uh 
high school national championship in uh, 2021, I believe, on Lake Chickamauga. And then the past uh, two high school national champion championships on uh, on Lake Hartwell, I've been there. And then just recently, I was over at uh, Lake Eufaula in Alabama. Um, uh, I believe that's uh, – I actually just recently went uh, fishing in Texas, too, with my grandpa on a little local lake, but – that's about all I've fished out of out of Florida. Well, you may have to bring some pants and a hoodie. It looks like you got the hoodie down pat uh, and, and maybe a buff for the wind in Oklahoma. But, Aaron, overall, congratulations to not only you but the Yavorsky family, uh, your dad being a part of that duo for the team championship as well. Uh, it's very cool, almost brings a tear to my eye to see a dad care about a son enough to give him the chance to succeed in the future because I know that's all that – my parents and, and Kyle's family has done for him um, to get us to where even where we're at here with Bassmaster, pushing us and giving those opportunities. So tell your dad we said, hey, we hope to meet him at the Classic. He'll be able to go anywhere you go with his uh, caddy pass. Everybody gets a one caddy pass, and he could be your driver for the week. He might actually legally have to be your driver. No, I'm just kidding. You, you probably can drive. But, um, but yeah, that'll be great, and uh, we will see you at the Classic. Let us know if you ever need anything from us, but congratulations on history. 17 years old to qualify for the Classic, and I think you'll turn 18 a week or two before the Classic. You can't get much younger than that, so congrats, Aaron. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you guys for having me on here today, Ronnie and Kyle. Just thank you, guys. Awesome. History-breaking, Kyle, for Aaron Yavorsky. Like we said, the uh, the youngest angler to ever make the Classic and to do it through the team series, a grassroots series that shows that there's a lot of opportunities. High school route, he did that. Um, obviously, the team route, the Bass Nation series was mentioned. College may not be for him. Hey, it wasn't for JT Tompkins either, and it's worked out pretty good for JT. So there's so many routes to making your dream come true. Absolutely cool to talk to a 17-year-old. About as calm, cool, and collected of a 17-year-old that I – Honestly, Kyle, I'm pretty hyped up now. I think I got the right career for speaking for a living and talking a lot. But, man, I was probably bouncing off the walls as a 17-year-old, even more than I am now. It's hard to even, like, put in perspective. Like, when you really think about it, like, 17 years old, fishing the Bassmaster Classic. Like, I don't know what my dreams and ambitions were when I was 17, but fishing the Classic probably wasn't even – I mean, fishing the Classic was a dream of mine at that point, but, like – a dream would be uh, an exaggeration. I mean, I think it was so far in the, in the, you know, away as far as a dream is concerned that, uh, you know, th that wouldn't even have been a thought. And to think that he is going to be fishing the classic, um, you, you said he'd be turning 18, I guess, by the time the classic starts or just after. What, yeah, which but one was still, it? yeah, yeah. I mean, the only person right now could break it with him if he won the classic, uh, at the age of 18 in two weeks or whatever it is to qualify for the elite series at, at the age, like he would be so he would be starting his elite series career at 18 years old, just like Trey McKinney, um, but just a different, and you know, there's 56 anglers in the classic. If Aaron finishes 56th, it will be a week that he will never forget in his life. I would pay good money to get last in the Bassmaster classic. No doubt about it. Because that is you get no, paid like, good money to finish. Yeah, last yeah, in the you actually do get paid good money to get last in the classic. But that's something that not just participating, but actually like qualifying for and being a part of the classic. 
very few percentage of people in the world and the and the U.S. population and the world population has ever got to do that. So, I mean, just put me in it. Give me a shot, and I'll just make the most of that week. Um, so we'll have to – Aaron can hang out with me. We'll both drink We'll both drink Kool-Aid at the table since, you know, there will be other things yeah. that others – even. <laughs> won't even get a wristband. I mean, you, you, you at least have the choice. You won't even have the choice. Um, won't. I, 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 I did want to mention this to Aaron, and I completely forgot. Uh, just, you know, some bulletin board material. Um, Brian Brasher may or may not have mentioned who is going to be the longest odds already. Oh, um, man. To win. And, uh, I, yeah, we had a good chuckle about that the other day. And, of course, that's never a, a negative. It's typically the, you know whoever the college representative is or whoever the team or nation or what, you know, whatever it may be. That's just kind of the standard process on that. But it's never been done. It's never been done. Right. So yeah. Kind of just jokingly. And I, I I laughed and told him that, that he'll, he'll use that as motivation and hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, try to prove him wrong. But um, I can't wait for him to get, I, I literally can't wait for him to get stopped as he's pulling towards their arena and they're like, sir, here's the rag. If you want to wipe down the boats. And he's like, I'm not one of the Bass yeah. Nation kid volunteers. I I'm, I'm in the classic. Uh, thank you. <laughs> like, like that just, no <laughs> there's so many no ways. Kidding. I hope, I hope we get to see him um, maybe at the Harris chain and, and Palak at the St. John's river. One of those two weekends to maybe make a guest appearance with, you know, Mercer and Davey um, on the live show or, or be around and just see the people he just competed against last month. <laughs> just a, just a wild thought in general. I mean, it really is when you, when you think about the years past, we've had the high school representatives like lead out the, the boats, obviously on each day of the classic and, you know, peel <laughs> off and not get the fish. He'll be younger He's than the high school champs. Yeah. yeah. He'll be younger than those guys. He's actually going to be fishing it. Like again, like it's it's just a, a it's crazy. crazy stuff, thought. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times you can say it, but I truly like it's just mind blowing, and it help. It can't help but like smile just thinking about the fact that he's going to get to fish the classic at seventeen, or you if know, he, qualifying at classic seventeen. It's just nuts. If he somehow got drawn randomly for the last boat to launch, if he was boat fifty six, that means on day two he's boat one which means it's going to be two high school kids leading out the classic one because they won the championship one because they qualified for the championship. How crazy is that? Um, but yeah, it's great to see that, man, I would have put odds that it would have been a Jason Christie or Greg Hackney, but Kyoya Fujita is his, somebody he wanted to talk to. Maybe he's our in Kyle. We'll have to hire him at bass. If he has a, if he just gets a rapport, that's how we'll get our Kyoya info from, from Aaron. Finally, finally get to see what he's throwing. Maybe, maybe a little transparency about uh, what Beatty's been throwing these all this time. I spoke, sure. I spoke on the Bass University live earlier today of when we're recording this, and I had to give Kyoya uh, kudos. The event we thought he was hiding baits, Lake Murray, he was not because after the day of competition, he gave a great interview that showed the baits and everything, but we didn't like somehow get that interview in time to show on bass live so we just thought he was hiding it he was completely transparent <laughs> about it said the bait name and everything so kiyoya i know you're a good dude you're not just hiding hiding baits from us but uh aaron yavorsky him and rodney his dad and the rest of their family headed to the Bassmaster classic that concludes the 2023 
Bassmaster tournament schedule for the year. Like we said, the next time we kick it off, it'll be in 2024, and it will be the College Series at Lake Murray. Late January, we'll have an open right after that. I think we have two college events and two opens before the first elite event, some kayak and nation in between as well. Um, so the tournament season is just over a month and a half away from kicking off next year. And Kyle, I'll say this. We both went on a college shoot to Carson Newman University uh, for, for another project we're working on. And we were surprised. We walked in the dorm or we walked in the apartment and they had BASS tournament banners on their wall. Aaron's got the dang team championship banner in his wall. I can, how can, how can we, we need a banner. Come on. And we need banners. I mean, literally everybody's getting banners and we can't even get one. We can't I feel even like get a banner. Like a banner. We'd get, we'd get, shunned off the stage and these guys have just got them hanging in their living <laughs> just a subtle that's, just a subtle flex oh well for ronnie moore yeah, and kyle jesse one. of the inside bassmaster podcast presented by black rifle coffee company we're signing off we got two more weeks left in the year probably going to bring you two more podcast episodes as well so not not goodbye for 2023 but good goodbye for this episode we will see you in the next one